Hello and welcome to my podcast where I will be talking about football and basketball, stating my opinion about what's going on in the league, NFL, NBA, talking about college hoops and college football. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the James Harden trade to the Nets. So the Nets traded for James Harden. They traded four first-round picks, and then they traded Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. My opinion about the move is I think it was a smart move in the short time for the Nets because with KD and Kyrie, with James Harden, I think that is a finals-caliber team and the only team in the East that really has a potential to even compete against that and go head-to-head with them was the Bucks, And the Nets beat the Bucks with James Harden having 34 points and KD having above 20. So you add Kyrie in the mix, you got better ball movement, and you got just an all-around better team. And the thing that people were worried about with James Harden going to the Nets is, you know, you have these three players that have huge egos and you just don't know how that's going to work. And already with the two games that James Harden has played with KD, you really don't see a disruption with the ego because James Harden has learned to kind of share the ball coming from the Rockets where he was scoring 60 points because he had to in order for the team to win. Now going to the Nets, where he doesn't need to be scoring a whole lot, that will be a transition for him. But you can already see that it's not really knocking off his chemistry with the team because he has already had 32 points against the Magic and 34 points against the Bucks, and both of those were wins. So now I want to get into Kyrie missing four games for the Nets and not having contact with the team and just dropping off the face of the earth for no real reason. The thing about Kyrie is that he it's never his fault. You know, with the with the when he was with the Celtics and there was clash between his teammates. He said that the media took it out of hand and they paint him as a bad guy. And it's all the media's fault. Well, you really got to wonder if it's now the media's fault or is it really just Kyrie not having that drive to want to be on the court every day? Because he is content with taking just four days off no contact with team. And the thing about it that gets me so mad is that Kyrie wanted to go to the Nets. He wanted KD. What do the Nets do? They get KD. They offer him a lot of money, and they get him. Kyrie wants Steve Nash as a head coach. What does the Nets do? They say, hey, 
Steve Nash come coach for us, and they hire him. So the Nets have done everything that Kyrie has wanted them to do. And Kyrie, in return, just leaves for four days without any contact. And I just I just don't think that's fair to the team. And also, I want to talk about the teammate aspect of it. Because you, you got KD. KD has been falling for the start of the year. He has been scoring almost 20 over 20 points almost every game. And he has spent a year training and getting ready for this season after his injury. And, you know, he just sees Kyrie just leave for four days. I mean, if I'm KD, I I would be pretty mad because... Why am I putting all this work? Why have I been training for a year to be teammates with some guy that's just going to leave me in the dust? You know, before James Harden came to Nets these past couple of days, it was just KD. It was literally just KD. And, you know, if I was KD, I I would be I'd be pretty upset at that fact because you're just going to leave me all alone because you're, you know, you're going through something I no one knows. You know, Kyrie hasn't stated the reason why he went out of contact for four days. But, you know, he's really got to figure it out. Do you want to play basketball or do you want? It is that simple. Do you want to go to the NBA Finals this year or not? Because KD is hungry for it. He's been training for a year. James Harden forced his way out of the Rockets. Forced his way. Because he wanted to be on an NBA Finals caliber team. So you got two dudes. Two all-stars. That are hungry for a chip. And you're reacting of just going ghost mode for four days. It just seems like Kyrie isn't as hungry for that chip as his teammates. And... You know, Kyrie's potential is is just so amazing. You know, he's probably the best ball handler in the league. You know, once you get him on the court, he's definitely going to boost your team. You know, he's definitely an X factor. But the problem is you got to get him on the court. And, you know, that's kind of hard. So, Kyrie, man, what are you doing? I know you're returning today, but... You got to figure it out, man. You got to figure it out. Do you want a championship or do you not? It's that simple. So the next thing I want to talk about is Steph Curry. Because, oh boy, man, Steph Curry has been balling out for the start of this year. You know, there's been a lot of debate, you know. Can Steph carry the Warriors in some sort of fashion this year? You know, because he doesn't have any help. Clay Thompson's out. The only person he's got is really Draymond Green, and that's it. Uh, and that, you know, Draymond Green's a heck of a player, but that's not the guy you want to be your, you know, your guy you're leaning on, you know, for support. So. He's 
he's kind of carrying it all on his own. And you look at what he's done the past three games. 20 points against the Pacers, 35 against the Nuggets, and 26 points in an upset win over the Lakers. And then 62 points against the Trailblazers earlier this season. I mean, he's putting up some pretty crazy numbers because he has to. And, you know, the only thing you can really relate this to is when LeBron was on the Cavs with no Kyrie and the only person you have is Kevin Love. And again, you know, I don't know if that's the person you really want to be leaning on. And so LeBron got him to an NBA Finals because he was just going crazy, putting up ridiculous numbers and carrying the team on his back. And a lot of people thought, I don't think Seth can do this. I don't think Seth can be that way. You know, only LeBron can do it. But you are seeing this season that Steph can do it, that Steph is asserting himself as a GOAT, you know, because he can carry his teams to wins up against, you know, the best team in the West, the Lakers, with not a lot of help. So this season, you know, has really propelled Steph Curry's respect level in the league because he was already respected, you know. But throughout his career, he always had help. He had Clay, he had KD, he had at one point, you know, D'Angelo Russell. But this year it's just him. And you are kind of seeing that, you know, He's making a statement. He's saying, hey, you know, a lot of people didn't think that I could carry this team on my shoulder, just me, but I can. And he definitely did that with the upset win against the Lakers, showing off his crazy dribble moves. So a lot of respect for Steph and start this season with what he's doing right now. Now I want to get into the Deshaun Watson situation. So what happened was, you know, Deshaun Watson felt like he should have the say of the new GM hire and the new head coach. And what happened was the Texans went behind his back and hired the people he really didn't want to be hired. And so Deshaun Watson feels like, hey, man, like, I guess I really don't have a say. And I'm the starting QB. I'm the face of the franchise. And, you know, ownership's not even going to listen to me. So he's really disgruntled about that fact. And I think it's to the fact that, you know, the Texans haven't even been close to making the playoffs since he's been there. And they haven't given the O-line to protect him. You know, he has literally just been absolutely obliterated every season with sacks because he doesn't have any O-line to protect him. So can you blame him for wanting out? No, not really. You know, why would you want to be on a team with the ownership that doesn't listen to you? And doesn't provide you weapons to be successful. Because Deshaun Watson's potential is 
insane. He he had a really good season this year. And I think if you put him on a team that has some better weapons than the Texans, that could be a serious team. They could do some damage. But we really we really don't know because Deshaun Watson has been on the team that really hasn't been good, even though he's been balling out year after year, even after coming back from a torn ACL. So why would Deshaun Watson want to stay at the team? And, I, you know, he signed an extension, which was tough because I think if he had known that ownership wouldn't listen to him, he probably wouldn't have signed that, but he did. So it's going to be a hard time to, you know, try to get out of that contract. But with with what's been going on, with his attitude, with his Instagram posts, you can kind of tell that it's kind of dead set. He he definitely wants out. And now, now who's the best team for that? And I think it's Miami. I Miami has enough first round picks for the next three to four years to give to the Texans. And they have Tua, who's a developing QB. You know, Tua's not this great QB, but he's the same build as kind of Deshaun Watson, you know, same type of player. Deshaun Watson's a little bigger you know, a little stronger. But they're both mobile QBs. They can both throw the ball very accurately. So with with Tua, it's more of, you know, consistency right now. But I don't know if I'm the Dolphins, you know, and I have a chance to get Deshaun Watson, why would I pass up on that? Because, you know, Deshaun Watson is no doubt better than Tua, even though Tua just started. He's definitely better than Tua. But, you know, you you really got to think, why not? Why would the Dolphins, why not just trade? Because they definitely have, you know, the leverage of any other team as they have drafted Tua. So they can trade Tua and they can trade picks which they have a decent amount of. So I think the best contender for Deshaun Watson is the Dolphins. And I think second to that, I think second team is the 49ers because I think that, you know, ownership's kind of realizing maybe Jimmy G, Jimmy G is not it. Not, not our franchise QB. And, you know, with Deshaun Watson on 49ers, that could do some damage too. Because he actually has weapons. You got George Kittle on that team. You know, so. Those two teams, I think, are a the only real shot that Deshaun Watson has of going anywhere other than playing with the Texans. And now, if he doesn't get traded, um, we'll come to that road when we see it. But I think that if that's the case, you know, Deshaun Watson might might hold out until he is traded. So, but you really can't blame the guy, you know. The Texans have really kind of failed. They let Bill O'Brien have, you know, full reign over the team. 
and made him the GM and then traded to to Sean now DeAndre Hopkins, so So now I'm here to talk about what happened with the Eagles and the situation between firing Doug Peterson. So the Eagles really had to, you know, make a decision. Do we want to trade Carson Wentz that we gave a huge extension to and probably shouldn't have? Or should we fire Doug Peterson? And keep Carson Wentz. And, you know, they fired Doug Peterson, which I completely disagree with. Because, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, was a heck of a player in that season that, you know, he got the Eagles to a winning season. And even though Nick Foles took over, you know, later in the season and into the playoffs, because, you know, Carson Wentz got injured. If it wasn't for Carson Wentz play, they wouldn't have had that winning season. They wouldn't have gone to playoffs. But after that season, you know, Nick Foles left and Carson Wentz had the opportunity to prove himself that, hey, I am the guy that can get you back to the playoffs and I can win in the playoffs. And what happened? Carson Wentz absolutely stunk up the bed. And for two years, he has had the Eagles have losing seasons. And, you know, the Eagles really haven't had a running back, so they couldn't depend on their running game for those two years. So they were heavily depending on that, you know, Carson Wentz is a good QB, and he can move the ball around, and our offense can be sufficient. But that was a complete opposite case. And Doug Peterson drafted Jalen Hurts because he knows that Carson Wentz is maybe not their guy. You know, he's had ample time to prove himself. And maybe it might not work out. And that disgruntled Carson Wentz, I think, a lot that they even drafted him. And then they started him later on in the season and they benched Wentz. And Wentz was really mad. You know, he felt that he shouldn't be benched. But I don't know why you could be mad at that. You know, when when you're playing that bad, you're you're gonna get benched. Because Jalen Hearns is, you know, has a lot of potential. I mean the man could ball. I mean the man was falling. At Oklahoma. And even when you see him. Start in some of those NFL games. Though he had a rough game against. You know the Texans his last week. First couple of games. You really saw that. Man this guy can throw the ball. This guy is way more mobile. Than Carson Wentz. And you really had to question. You know even though it's. Four games that he started. Is Jalen Hurts better than Carson Wentz? And in my opinion, you know, I think the Eagles should have moved on from Carson Wentz and kept Doug Peterson. And then they could have 
worked with Jalen Hurts, developed them, and Jalen Hurts probably would have got the Eagles to a winning season. And they didn't even give that a thought. They were just like, oh, you know, Carson Wentz is our franchise QB. There's no doubt about that. And he's disgruntled. We got to get rid of Doug Peterson. And I think that's going to backfire. I think this coming season, we're going to see Carson Wentz not do so hot. And the Eagles sitting there being like, man, wow. Why did why did I fire Doug Peterson? And honestly, I think it's just gonna get. I think Jalen Hurts probably has a potential, you know, to start sometime next season because I I don't have faith that Carson Wentz is gonna prove haters wrong, you know, come out have an amazing season because he's had two years to do that, and he's yet to do it, and he's been in the league for quite a while. You know, it's not like he's a third-year player. No, he's he's been in the league for, you know, at least four years. And he has had time to prove himself. And he did. And he just took a way step back, and he hasn't come out of that. So was it a mistake for the Eagles to get rid of Doug Peterson instead of Carson Wentz? Yes, Carson Wentz is overpaid. They shouldn't have paid them that much. And I think that that's going to become evident this coming season. All right. And my last topic of the day is going to be the AFC championship. Bills versus Chiefs. Now, no doubt it's it's going to be, you know, a close one if Patrick Mahomes plays. And that's the real big question coming into the game. You know, Patrick Mahomes is still in concussion protocol after he's suffering that big hit in the divisional round against the Browns. So you really got to wonder, is he going to play? I think if he plays, the Chiefs, Definitely, no doubt, a will advance. You know, I think that Josh Allen has had himself an amazing year. And Stefan Diggs has really shown, you know, without a QB that's overthrowing the ball, I can ball. I'm the best wide receiver in the league, almost to the level as Devontae Adams, or maybe even, even at the same level. So, I don't think it's just going to be a you know a crushing domination by the Chiefs. I really think it's going to be a close one because the Bills have a better defense than the Browns did. So, they can actually stop the Chiefs. And their offense has really clicked and Josh Allen has really proved that, you know, he's a elite QB. Before the season, everyone thought, you know, it's Josh Allen. He's all right, QB, but you are really seeing that Josh Allen is the dude. He is a elite QB. He should be in the topics for at least in the top 10 QBs in the league, no doubt. And Patrick Mahomes is, you know, the Chiefs are coming off 
a Super Bowl win from Patrick Mahomes because he absolutely balled. But if there's any player that can win back-to-back Super Bowls right now, it's definitely Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that dude can flat-out ball. He is a sensational QB with the way he throws it, his accuracy, his mobility. Honestly, the best young QB in the league, no doubt. So he is a guy that can get himself back-to-back Super Bowls. And when you saw Travis Kelsey playing in divisional round, you know, you see him playing, you look at him, and you say, man, that dude is hungry. That guy wants it again. You know that Travis Kelsey definitely wants another ring under his belt. So with the head-to-head knockout fight, I think it's going to come down to the wire. But if Patrick Mahomes is playing, I will take the Chiefs. If not, I'm going to take the Bills because obviously, you know, no Patrick Mahomes. There's no shot that the Chiefs are pulling away against the Bills because the Bills, again, have a lot better defense than the Browns. That game was handed to the Browns at the end, but their defense just went to bed. They couldn't finish it. So, Bills will not make the same mistake, but Patrick Mahomes, if he's playing, I will get the Chiefs. That man is a straight baller. And my last topic of the day is going to be the AFC Championship. Bills versus Chiefs. Now, no doubt, it's it's going to be you know a close one if Patrick Mahomes plays. And that's the real big question coming into the game. You know, Patrick Mahomes is still in concussion protocol. After he's suffering that big hit in the divisional round against the Browns. So you really got to wonder, is he going to play? I think if he plays, the Chiefs definitely, no doubt, a will advance. You know, I think that Josh Allen has had himself an amazing year and Stefan Diggs has really shown, you know, without a QB that's overthrowing the ball, I can ball. I'm the best wide receiver in the league, almost to the level as Devontae Adams, or maybe even even at the same level. So I don't think it's just gonna be a you know a crushing domination by the Chiefs. I really think it's gonna be a close one because the Bills have a better defense than the Browns did. So they can actually stop the Chiefs. And their offense has really clicked and Josh Allen has really proved that, you know, he's a elite QB. Before the season, everyone thought, you know, it's Josh Allen. 
Zal right QB, but you are really seeing that Josh Allen is the dude. He is a elite QB. He should be in the topics for at least in the top 10 QBs in the league, no doubt. And Patrick Mahomes is, you know, the Chiefs are coming off a Super Bowl win from Patrick Mahomes because he absolutely balled. But if there's any player that can win back-to-back Super Bowls right now, it's definitely Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that dude can flat-out ball. He is a sensational QB with the way he throws it, his accuracy, his mobility. Honestly, the best young QB in the league, no doubt. So he is a guy that can get himself back-to-back Super Bowls. And when you saw Travis Kelsey playing in divisional round, you know, you see him playing, you look at him, and you say, man, that dude is hungry. That guy wants it again. You know that Travis Kelsey definitely wants another ring under his belt. So, with the head-to-head knockout fight, I think it's going to come down to the wire. But if Patrick Mahomes is playing, I will take the Chiefs. If not, I'm going to take the Bills because obviously, you know, no Patrick Mahomes. There's no shot that the Chiefs are pulling away against the Bills because the Bills, again, have a lot better defense than the Browns. That game was handed to the Browns at the end, but their defense just went to bed. They couldn't finish it. So, Bills will not make the same mistake, but Patrick Mahomes, if he's playing, I will get the Chiefs. That man is a straight baller.